This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah, it. Yeah, blind guy feels it now. Goes round. I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Well, it's Thursday, and it's the weekly roundtable, and I'll give you a little bit of context, because this wasn't a planned weekly roundtable. We were going to run a repeat, and one Brock Richardson, Danielle McLaughlin, reporter Grant Hardy said, uh, no, I think we can run a roundtable. So we're running a roundtable. So it's not with Kelly. It's not with Ramia. It's with Brock and company today. So... Uh, today we're joined by rep- presenter, excuse me, Grant Hardy, and we're going to be talking about Remembrance Day and sort of what's happened to Remembrance Day over the years. Grant, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, you know what's crazy though is that we say it's live, but. What if in some virtual reality, this is actually a repeat someday? <laughs> it could be. You're very right. You're very, very right. No, I <laughs> promise you we are live. Coming to you live. It will be a repeat at 10 p.m. and then 6 a.m. So at some point, yes, you're right. It will be a repeat. <laughs> but as we sit here, it is live. Um, the reason I brought this topic to the table, just to help give you guys uh, some context and the listener, and then we'll dive into the specific questions I have. A couple of years ago, I was at an appointment in Brampton, Ontario, and uh, my attendant and I, Catherine Batcher, who is familiar to the audience, and we were driving down and we wanted to get down to the appointment for um, the 11 o'clock um moment of silence uh, because we felt it was important. And by the time we arrived there, it was a couple of minutes before um, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we sat and we waited and the appointment wasn't until I think it was like 11.30 or 11.45. So we had some time before and after the moment of silence. And as we were having a moment of silence, um, I recognized around me was a bunch of high school students who were going into the pizza shop that was next to the appointment that I had, and they were going in and out. And just before I turned to Catherine and I said, I wonder what's going to happen in a minute. Does everybody freeze? Do they stop? What do they do? And sure enough, as the moment of silence um, came to be, I continued to stare straight ahead of me and remembering all the veterans. And my grandfather was a war veteran in World War II, um, who's no longer with us. But I was watching and I was really shocked that the students were still moving around. And as I looked around, people that were above the age of 30, I would say, were stopped just like I was and just in a moment of silence. So I guess to lead off, Grant, we'll start with you. Do you think we've done enough to impress uh, the importance of Remembrance Day on our young youth? 
Well, I think that's a difficult question because, you know, I grew up, I'm a 1990s baby. And so I grew up in this time of like perpetual sort of, you know, at least in, you know, Canada and, and the U.S., relative peace and political stability and, uh, you know, kind of like not for everybody, but kind of, kind of like this this world of, of plenty. And one thing that was always impressed upon us in in school and stuff was, you know, it's very unusual actually to have such a long period of like political instability, not having you know a lot of war and conflict, and but that just seemed so crazy to us. And you know, I, I remember thinking like, I don't know if people would want to have big conflicts, big wars these days, you know, it's just like, I don't know, we've had such a long time of peace, you know, yada, yada. But look, now we're seeing deglobalization, we're seeing like renewed war, renewed conflict, we're seeing people going hungry and starving and environmental damage is causing more political instability. So I think one thing that I was always taught in history, it sounds cliche, but like, if you don't learn about history, you're doomed to repeat it. It's very cyclical, cyclical. So I think that's one reason why Remembrance Day is really important. The other reason, of course, is, you know, whatever we may think about whether these wars were, were justified or whether our part in them were justified, you know, we really had like lost generations of kids basically people who are you know too young to order alcohol really that were drafted into these wars and and lost their lives or were severely traumatized and, and disabled so i think that you know taking a day out of the year to kind of remember some of our past in hopes that maybe we won't repeat it and maybe we won't forget about who these people are because our memories are just so fragile is really, really important. And I'm not sure that we're doing enough to impress on our younger people why Remembrance Day is important. I think that you you have made a strong point there, Grant. I, I also think that, you know, history teaching to, you know, so that people will understand why people fought in, in wars, the ones that we, we remember in democratic countries, you know, fighting for rights, fighting for democracy is crucial for, you know, for the survival of, of our way of life. And I think that when we talk about um, veterans, we talk about people who've really given up a great deal, uh, not selfishly, not just for themselves, because they think this is you know, this, this is a fun way to spend some time, but people who fought really for the rights of others. And I think that that is a model that we need to impress upon people that, you know, this is what people do in democracies. They're, you know, we, we make sure that people understand that you have an obligation, not just to yourself, but to other people. And my hope is that, you know, with history being taught, uh, regularly and constantly, that we can ensure that people are are aware of why people have done what they've done for us. Yeah, I think. The, I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I th- and I think the idea is just like, you know, whether or not you think certain wars were justified, look, some, some wars clearly were about protecting our rights, protecting democracy. Some wars are perhaps more strategic or, or political, but I think it's really important to remember the people on the front lines, the, the people who really had no control over it, but were, were sent to war by the government and lost so much trying to to protect their own citizens. Yeah. I, I think right. for me, the thing that I look at this this and say, well, this is what scares me, is when I was in school, we had assemblies and we had veterans who would come in. We had different people. And I even think as I, as I was doing prep for this, we even had um, people who were um, part of uh, 9-11 and different wars and all that kind of thing. And I think for me, what, what I get worried is going to get lost on people is that part of the reason we are all where we are is because of what people did to fight for our freedoms, to fight for, you know, equality, all of those things. Because without those people, in my mind, this would be a different world. And that's what sort of scares me. In that light, Danielle, um, with fewer veterans with us, what ties us to Remembrance Day, in your opinion? Well, I think, again, it's back to to teaching history in the schools. But I I remember, you know, veterans coming into the schools. I remember um, people interviewing that there there was a project in high schools where uh, veterans were interviewed by high school students and their stories were captured and, and also broadcast, which I think was was wonderful. But I think that, you know, learning who they are and what they did um, and, and looking at people as individuals, not just this whole, you know, thousands and thousands of people, but looking at individuals and their stories. And I think that one of the things that, that happened with these interviews was that the individual students learned something very personal about why people did what they did and how it affected their lives into the future. Um, but again, as you pointed out, there aren't very many World War II veterans left. There are no World War I veterans left. There are certainly some survivors from the Korean War and people who went to Afghanistan. Um, but, uh, you know, we really need to, to ask about, should it be a holiday? Um, you know, it used to be that uh, it was a, a holiday in all the provinces and, you know, the shops would close and bars would close and everything would, would close down. But now um, it's still a federal holiday, but in some provinces, it's not a statutory holiday. So what do you think? Should everybody get the day off to observe Remembrance Day or will it just be another day off school? Um for me, I think it should be um, a, a day off. I know that, Gr- Grant, we're talking to you from from British Columbia, which still does observe it as a holiday. And I, I but I do understand, Danielle, where you're coming from in the sense of um, that it might just be viewed as a day off. That is 
a narrative that is there. But I would hope that with enough sort of teaching and understanding and all of that, I would hope that it would be taken um, for the right reasons. And Grant, whether you want to uh, comment on the uh, previous question or whether you want to go as far as should it be a holiday, I'll give you the floor and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I think as we've as we've already said, it it's really just important to to respect those people who who were on the front lines. I also think that you know, as humans, we really need to value things that are scarce, and examples of things that are scarce are, you know, people's lives, as in like we almost don't have any veterans left. And memory is also scarce. And so I think the risk of kind of like canceling or not honoring a day like Remembrance Day is that it's not hard at all to imagine in a couple generations, look, there's always going to be books, there's always going to be online stuff. But, you know, I don't have a lot of memories, really, or, or knowledge about pre like 20th century. I mean, I do but it's not as organic it's more factual and I think that is the risk is that this knowledge will sort of not be front of mind so I think there are always going to be people who just take the day off and have fun or sleep in or, or whatever and that's the case for for all holidays even the more solemn ones but hopefully there would be enough people who you know, would take the day off and, and maybe try and do what reflection we can. Some people can do, you know, have more opportunity for, for that than, than others. But yeah, I, I do believe it should be a holiday and, and hopefully give people some opportunity to kind of think about the state of the world and, and maybe how the past, you know, influenced that. And I don't mean to sound like I'm kind of on a high horse. I have just as much learning to do as, as anybody else. But I, I think maybe that's kind of the point and why it should be a holiday. Um, to, to sort of close off the roundtable, something that I learned today, uh, Indigenous Veterans Day is celebrated in Canada on November the 8th uh, from about uh, 1996, which was an alarming uh, note. Um, Grant, start with you. Do you think Canadians give enough, uh, you know, um, enough nod to what we see um, with Indigenous veterans? And do they get the recognition they deserve? I don't think they get the recognition that they deserve. I think Canada, you know, really has had a very uh needs to have a, a much better system of recognition and a much better relationship with those communities which often can be forgotten about or, or marginalized which is a really like a terrible thing yeah i uh you know i think that it's very nice that we're now beginning to pay much more attention to indigenous veterans day because Indigenous peoples have served in the military uh, pretty much as long as there has been um, military in, in Canada. And there were many heroes, there were many people whose contributions were 
enormous. And when we learn uh, who the individuals are and when we learn about how they were treated when they came back, and that's one of the things that I think is really troubling to learn that while some veterans, you know, received benefits, not so much the indigenous veterans and they were not given the, the the recognition nor were they given the benefits that such as uh, education and and other things that uh, medical care um and and many of them just really did end up on the streets because of the you know the lack of attention to their needs so you know it's a little late in the day but i think that we need to pay attention to this now and hopefully in the future, when we realize that there are plenty of Indigenous people serving in our military in Canada, and, um, you know, they are uh, important people and we rely upon them. So, you know, let's make sure we know what we're, what we're saying when we talk about the people who've been important. Indigenous veterans are as important as any other veteran. And do I think we do enough for Indigenous veterans? No. Do I think we do enough for any veterans? No. I think what they have given up in their life and what they've had to go through, and you speak about it as veterans, the Indigenous veterans being, you know, treated poorly. That's awful. They still defended the country as does anybody else. And so to me, you talk about equality and being treated. We spoke about that in our last segment, and I think it stands true again. That is our roundtable for this week. Grant, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. That was presenter Grant Hardy joining us for the weekly roundtable. Danielle and I will return to tell you what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown and give you a little preview of what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Kelly and Company. Stay tuned. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.